You're listening to Wellbeing Connection, the CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg podcast. I'm your host, James Wellsman. The Canadian Mental Health Association, Manitoba and Winnipeg, wishes to acknowledge that we are gathered in Treaty 1 territory at the crossroads of the Anishinaabe, Métis, Cree, Dakota, Ojibwe Nations, and on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. None of the content in this podcast is intended to replace the advice given to you by your medical team. If you are in crisis, please phone the Manitoba Suicide Prevention and Support Line at 1-877-435-7170 or text CONNECT to 686868 for the Kids Help Phone. Hi everyone, it's James here. We're hosting live with Stephen and we're here with our guest, Kyle Gertzen from the Bruce Oak Recovery Center. So welcome. Kyle, it is so exciting to have you on. You know, I've been to Bruce Oak Recovery Center a number of times. What a fantastic facility. The month of September is recovery month. And wondering uh, what that means in the role that you have as a uh, I believe you are a program director there. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that is correct. Uh, yeah. Hey, James. Hey, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, my title's actually changed a, a couple times since I've been here. Um, so I'm, I'm learning about how arranging your name changes your position. So I was program director and now I'm the director of programs. Uh, so there's a little bit more responsibility, um, but I sometimes forget too. So Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so when you, when you think of recovery uh, month, uh, what, what is Bruce Oak doing? Uh, you know, uh, you yourself uh, are in recovery. Uh, I understand 10 years uh, sobriety. Uh, you have a phenomenal story. And I hope our listeners uh, one day get an opportunity to hear the, the inspiration of the, the work that you've done, as well as the work that the community was able to uh, do in connecting you uh, with, uh, uh, you know, uh, a number of facilities? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. We are, um, well, so we're, we basically officially opened our doors August 22nd, um, 2021. Uh, but we've been operating since, uh, the end of May. Um, so one of the things that we're, we're celebrating is actually our first group of participants making through the, uh, 14 week program. Um, so it's sort of ceremonious that it's falling in, uh, into recovery month. Um, and so we've got our first group of guys that have just stepped out of our premises out of the program and into the community and are doing well. Um, and I think about what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're celebrating recovery here every day. Um, so a lot of it is business as usual. Um, but, um, you know, I think about in my own life um, and, and my journey in recovery, recovery month is pretty symbolic because I can think about, um, you know, even when I was still using or an active addiction. Um, it really does feel like, uh, you know, 10 years ago to now there is sort of uh, the tide is turning within community and the perception, uh, you know, the perception politically 
um, and within some of our institutions, especially in Manitoba, um, are really starting to acknowledge recovery and how important it is to um, share about recovery and um, talk about these positive experiences that we're having. So here at Bruce Oak, we are, um, you know, the majority of our staff are, are in recovery as well. About 95% of our staff are people with lived experience, substance use disorder, other mental health issues. Um, and so we're kind of blessed that we're in this little bubble that's celebrating recovery every day um, and talking about recovery every day. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll leave, leave here and go home and uh, I'll be sitting at home. And I'm like, it's kind of boring. <laughs> it's kind of boring at home. <laughs> you know, I've all this community that I'm a part of uh, here. And uh, yeah, it's just it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm very blessed to be here. Very amazing work that you're doing with Bruce Oak and it's just so incredible hearing your vulnerability too just knowing that lived experience is so celebrated at Bruce Oak Recovery Center and that vulnerability I'm sure helps so many people so thank you for that and that help you know you never know a listener hearing this might just be inspired just to to look into recovery month and what that might mean for them and yeah, we share those as organizations, CMHA and Bruce Oak, being recovery oriented. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I when I think of recovery, it's this process, right? It's not this, you know, start and end. And so, what I love about those that get recovery right, that people are continually working through, working through, working through, working through, and and it doesn't end. And we celebrate. The recovery journey wherever you start you know so i know kyle you know at 13 you know if someone took a picture and uh, of your life i think you often say that they would have seen a very positive picture can yeah. you tell me more about that yeah i um you know i i share that in my story a lot like if, if you took a snapshot of my life when i was a kid growing up you would have seen you know i came from a middle class home i grew up in charleswood in winnipeg um you know i had parents that, um, you know, were lar largely there for me. And, and I knew that they cared for me deeply. I had a younger brother, n not a chaotic home. Um, you know, my mom was really responsible. She, you know, she had us there half an hour early for everything. And, um, you know, I, and, and I felt loved, but um, the, the strange thing is, um, and I didn't learn about this till I came into recovery and, and met a guy who had a very similar experience to me is, I, I, he described this kind of sense of feeling disconnected, which I really related to. And I remember being like five or six years old and I'd look around the dinner table and be like, you know, I know these people love me, but I don't feel like I know them and I don't feel connected to them. Um, and I was just constantly in my head thinking about that sense of disconnection. And this mentor I had, he has an awesome definition for it, but he called it conscious separation. So constantly thinking about your separateness from other people. And, and sometimes that's a real um, you know, thing that's going on for you in your life. And, and I think for me, it, was, it wasn't really going on. And, and, and that followed me around in all of my relationships. And um, you know, fast forward to 13, like 13, I remember like feeling like my skin didn't fit. Um, having such a hard time relating to other people, stuck in my head, thinking about myself, lots of shame, and, and also having this sense that I couldn't tell anybody about it. You know, I just learned that through, you know, some of our institutions and the media, you know, I'm not going to tell my friends how I'm feeling. I'm not going to tell my parents that would be a bad idea. And, you know, I picked up that first drink and the first drink solved those problems for me quite quickly. 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was, you know, I, I, and I didn't figure this stuff out until, you know, years later, but I look back and I remember having this moment with that first drink and going like, Oh my God, like I could, I literally thought I was about 13, 14. And I thought I can manage myself and my, you know, what I'm experiencing with this. And, and it really was just like a switch went off. And I was definitely one of those person that was like, if you give them one, <laughs> yeah. things may change. And, yeah. uh, and they certainly did. Yeah, kind of, you know, that all or nothing, you know, type of way of not only thinking, but, but behaving. Mm-hmm. You know, we often talk about uh, the opposite of addiction, and you really alluded to it, is connection. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that, you know, whatever uh, that addiction is, it really disconnects us yeah. to uh, that flourishing and that life that we, we want to live out. And, and wondering if you can talk a little bit more about the, the participants and what, 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 do they, uh, what do you showcase in terms of, you know, uh, this recovery of connectedness uh, mm-hmm. at Bruce Oak? That's a great question. I think uh, one of the things I love about this this Bruce Oak program is I've worked in inpatient treatment. Um, the majority of time I've been sober. Um, and uh, and a lot of times there's a model where there's kind of one group and people are coming and going into that group. Um, and, and so the, the sort of the general population of the group is always changing and it's not bad and connections are made. Um, what I love about this model is we bring in groups of guys together, 12 to 15 guys, and they spend the entire 14 months or 14 months, 14 weeks together in the same group. 14 months. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say, you have quite a model there. Uh, I probably great. needed 14 months. I think I got 12. Um, and, uh, and so really the, the, the core of our program is based off that philosophy is that if we can build these connections in, in recovery, this recovery capital through social relationships and all these other things that sort of are bred within community, um, people can get and get, st- get and stay sober um, and what we really see, um, you know, I, I've sat in on a group when they first started and I followed them along and um, you see like this trust, right? Like the, the people that do not trust and have a really difficult time, we talked about being vulnerable, start to let their guard down. And if we can like, you know, the really tough part with addiction is, you know, it's so hard to be real with one another early on because there is so much shame. So there's different things happening and we're not communicating and being real and honest with each other. But when, you know, we can see the lights kind of come back on in, in people's eyes when they start to participate in community that way. And um, I can say too, for myself, I remember being very, very scared. Uh, you know, I had a social anxiety disorder as well as, as a substance use disorder. And so when I was going into treatment and they were asking me to participate in group, um, it was just incredibly scary. So I think what I do like about this model too, is you're, you know, slowly over time, the expectations, um, you know, increase with you over here and, and your participation. But early on, a lot of guys are, you know, just learning and, and doing a lot of psychoeducation at the front end. And then as that trust builds, we really start to do a little bit more of a, a sort of a, a process oriented uh, group with them. So. Yeah, like, you know, it's so important to, to build that foundation. And we know that, you know, unresolved trauma, the impacts of colonialism, uh, there's so many pieces to people's story of what brought them to their addiction. And again, this trust piece is so important. And what I saw at Bruce Oak was really 
taking advantage of every opportunity you have to showcase participants in their active recovery. And, and so I remember going on a tour with you and I believe uh, uh, another person. And uh, it was amazing that you were talking about your recovery and that every place we saw, it was attached to where you're at in your recovery. So if we're looking at the gym, the importance of working out and physical activity, the classroom, you know, the, the intellectual uh, piece, the emotional, when we, when we see that, the beautiful indigenous cultural room. Yeah. Wondering, you know, what has been the response of this, this graduating class and, you know, as others come in uh, regarding just kind of this, you know, this, uh, we believe in you, you're not alone, yeah. and we want you to shine, and we're going to give you opportunities to do that. Yeah, I get a bit emotional when you said that. Um, I think the, the, at times the model has, has been giving the opposite message is that we don't believe in you and we need to get, need you to get your shit together, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been behaving in ways that society doesn't think is appropriate. Um, and, and even for me, when I came in as a clinician, I had to switch my head around a bit. I'd been working at some places where I'd sometimes get trapped in that, like, Oh, this has got to change. And these people aren't doing what they need to do. And, um, and as a social worker that, you know, I, I was getting a bit sick. And, and so here with this model, what, what you've seen is people want to take, want to be given opportunity to take responsibility and, and it feels really good. And that's part of recovery. And, and they've probably been living in situations where nobody has been giving them um, any opportunity um, to take responsibility or to, to feel safe in their space. And um, so, you know, uh, one of my favorite things is a guy, you know, a guy, we got guys coming in all the time um, uh, into program, but just somebody will be walking by, I'll be like, hey, so-and-so, this person needs a tour. And they'll just drop everything they're doing. They may even be like yelling in their phone, like blah, blah, blah. They're not having a great day. And they're like, oh, of course. Um, so there's this um, kind of culture of, of taking ownership for your recovery through helping others um, that I, I really believe in. There's like this pride that, you know, yeah. I see, you know, people really just stepping up, stepping in, but just making it happen the way that is natural for them. And just kind of, you know, discovering the unknowns of even what a tour looks like. Uh, And I guess a tour at Bruce Oak is going to be, you know, different depending on who you're meeting with. Totally. Yeah, it'll be a, you'll have a variety of experiences depending on, on, on which, which guy you've got. And another, like we've got, uh, we've got vehicles here um, that were graciously donated by some partners in the community. And, you know, we've got our participants like take the vehicles out and, and take guys to meetings in the community and other events. And, um, and the response is that what through slowly be, being given more responsibility and being accountable is that people develop this really kind of healthy self-esteem and um, sense of leadership and pride in their recovery and, and their community, right? There's that bridge where it's like, well, it's not just me, you know, I think, it is important. Very, it is very important to be thinking about ourselves and our own recovery. But broadly, thinking about the other people that are on this journey with us is so important. And I know in my own recovery, that was the game changer for me when I, I, I was going to twelve-step meetings and I was angry. And and I remember they voted me to be the chairperson, um, which meant I had to show up regularly. And I remember being like, "This sucks." And I was court mandated to go. And and I remember showing up that Sunday and and 
having this sense of responsibility and duty and that it wasn't just about me anymore, but this community of folks that needed me to show up um, every Sunday in the mornings. And it was like, I took, I was put on a different hat. Like uh, I just had a different, um, a different perception of, of what was going on in that room. And, and, and so we're trying to provide that for these guys when they're ready, of course, case by case, some are ready earlier than others. And, um, but by and large, um, the, um, the outcome usually when we're offering guys opportunity to, to help out they're just like, you know, they're asking when for Anne's celebration of life, guys are saying, Hey, can I stay behind? I want to help out. What can I do? I'll wash floors, whatever. And um, it's, it's amazing. Sounds like the power of peer support has really shown through, through the model that you use for Bruce Oak recovery center. And just that, as you're saying that people will meet someone new and be so eager to share and help. It's like, they're together and they're empowering each other together. And then this power of peer support, like it, it's becoming such a big thing now. Um, and with that, it's changed sort of our outlooks on what recovery looks like. So mm -hmm. you've gone through your recovery journey. These folks are going through their recovery journey. You've been on a journey with the opening of this center. Is there anything that really stands out to you as something that you've learned about recovery in the last few months? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I immediately think about myself because I think about myself a lot still, like I highlighted before. But the first thing is I, I remember I was working at, um, before I was working here, um, I was working in, in the, you know, in my, I was working out of my house, working with, with men on the phone who were behaving abusively through a, a program in the, in the community. And, and I was pretty unhappy and, and pretty disconnected and the pandemic was happening. Um, and I, and I had, sort of written this story that I was never going to work in inpatient addictions treatment again. And, uh, and, and recovery brought me to Bruce Oak recovery center and, and subsequently like reignited a, a fire that I had for this work and, and, and working with folks who are struggling with addiction. And I ended up the, the place I went to treatment at a place called Tamarack. Um, you know, I got sober there over 10 years ago and, and, a woman there named Joanne actually got me my first job in, in treatment and uh, um, texted me out of the blue. And I was going through a really hard time. There was some family stuff going on and said, Hey, we want to recommend you for this job. And I remember being like, what? Like uh, right now. And then my partner was like, uh, like give your head a shake, Kyle. Like you have to, you have to do this. And I was pretty apprehensive about it. And it really sort of, um, you know, I came into this community and, and, and met Greg and Greg and I uh, grew up in the same area in Winnipeg and we sort of hit it off and um, it has just blown blown my mind. I, I, I can't even really describe what this is. If I could have envisioned a perfect place to support people's recovery journeys, um, this is it. Um, and um, I've, I've worked in a few places and, and all of them did excellent work with folks, but really, like you said, the to, to, to sort of emphasize this peer support model. Um, it just does so much to sort of disintegrate that shame and stigma right away when someone walks in and it's like, yeah, dude, me too. I did the same thing. And you're standing here and just your energy just says it can be different for you too. Um, and, uh, and I think that just really inspires a lot of hope. And um, I think hope is contagious. And if we do one thing here well at Bruce Oak is, is we spread hope throughout people who are really struggling and, um, 
and, and don't have a lot of hope and, and living with a substance use disorder, it's like the, the hope just gets vacuumed out of your life um, as you sort of spiral down. And, um, and so this whole thing is just, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm a spiritual guy um, and uh, I, I don't believe in coincidences. And so I think that uh, I'm where I need to be and Bruce Oak is, is where it needs to be. And it couldn't have happened at a, a, a more opportune time with the sort of landscape of, uh, uh, or sort of the perception in the community around mental health and addictions is, was ready for it at the same time. And so, and the one thing that I really do love is that we're supporting the recovery of men here, and and um, but we're also supporting the recovery of of this community, um, and 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 helping educate the community on on you know these are just human beings um, with a heart and a soul and a mind um, who want to live a really uh, decent life with dignity and needed to be afforded the opportunity to do so within this continuum of services. And, uh, and so I think, you know, I think about the recovery of, of this community and, and not saying that it needs recovery, but it's just, uh, it's a really neat, neat thing that to have this, uh, this project here and to be a part of it. So. Yeah. And, and I love that it's in, you know, um, you know, suburbia, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of in such a, an amazing spot. And there's, when you go into the building and you see the people and you see, you get this really, I get this very, I'm a spiritual guy too. And I get this, this feeling that healing is happening as I walk. And I say, look, like you feel the healing happening. And, and I, I remember talking to, to Greg Kylo, um, uh, the executive director and saying, you know, this is, this is such um, a beautiful sacred space that men get to come into and not just men but families and community to use the gym to be a part of meetings different engagements with with community but one of the the pieces that i found so remarkable is that family room mm -hmm. i don't think that there was anything left yeah, out right. of yeah. that place maybe talk about how do you how does Bruce Oak Recovery Center and the families of participants? It's a great question. Um, I, I don't think any of the staff here can take uh, credit for that family room. That's a, that's a project undertaken by Anne. Uh, and, uh, and Anne, I think, was pretty prescriptive in what she wanted Scott to do. So we actually had Scott Oak in there painting walls and uh, putting together furniture. And um, I, I, I really uh, appreciate the Oaks saying, um, you know, and I think they've said this publicly that, you know, while Bruce was going to treatment, there was often some, they, they felt like the family was sometimes left out or the experiences of the family and support for families was left out or not emphasized enough. And, um, and so they really wanted to have a space here dedicated specifically to family to say, hey, we haven't forgot about you. And we know that you, you know, it's not easy to support someone who's dealing with a substance use disorder. And, and in fact, family may need to come in and spend some time with us. In my job, I do a lot of work with families. So I'm often the person supporting dads or loved ones, or we're also offering a family program, which is happening online right now. Um, and that's out of Fresh Start um, Recovery in Calgary. And so um, we're building our family program right now, but we're running our, our family program through them um, digitally online. And, uh, and yeah, it's, um, that's probably my favorite part just because I, th I think a lot about uh, my own family and what they had to endure over the years of supporting me. And, um, 
families need to, to be heard and, and um, they need to be supported and, and they often need some help kind of navigating how to support someone who is behaving in ways that, you know, are, are just confusing and, and deeply troubling and, and concerning. So we're, we're starting to, to bring families in and we're really hoping that the fourth wave um, doesn't uh, sort of derail our ability to have sort of consistent contact in that space. Um, but uh, yeah, the, and the other, the other way we're using the space is to have men bring in their kids and, and other uh, people that they support, little ones, uh, family. Uh, there's, a, there's an Xbox in there. Like, it's like a sweet place to hang out. I it really is. There's like, uh, there's space for some popcorn, you know, to sit down. The, the, the furniture's not only comfortable, but beautiful. The scenery around, you know, being able to see, you know, the, the beaver dam, you know, like, like all these sorts yeah. of things that are out there in the wildlife. It's just, it's really amazing. And, and I'm so glad that you spoke about Anne, you know, that, you know, Bruce Oak Recovery Center, along with Manitobans and Canadians, uh, lost a matriarch. Uh, and really that, you know, that co-founder of Bruce Oak, uh, you know, uh, just over a week ago, and, and I know that you, we were just talking about this before we went on of just the, the legacy that, that Anne has left. And you mentioned, can we take part of Anne's spirit mm-hmm. of, of vivaciousness and of like fierce advocacy? And, and how do we direct that even in a greater way to the importance of recovery, the importance of this process? that one day at a time. Uh, wondering if you can just talk about how, how you all are responding uh, to this, this, you know, this tragic uh, and, you know, death and, um, and how you're, I guess, in some ways regrouping and, and really uh, you were talking about the silver linings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it has been, uh, it's been heavy over here for sure. Um, I was, uh, before we came on, just sharing about uh, the celebration of life that was, was happening for Anne, which was the energy around it was, was positive, and I think which is really what Anne, Anne wanted. Um, and I think a lot of us have sort of, um, unfortunately, if you've worked in this line of work, uh, there's been so much loss, especially since the, the start of the pandemic, that just seems to be one person after the next. And uh, a lot of us are still reeling from a loss um, previously. And, um, and so it's just, it's been, it's been really heavy. We are, um, like much like the Oaks did with, with Bruce's death, is trying to channel that into action and supporting the next person that comes in here with the same energy that Anne would have wanted us to support them with and the same heart and spirit. I, I, I think Anne really all, all I'd heard she wanted to do was to, you know, to, to serve, uh, to serve dinner or to serve lunch in the cafeteria to all the guys, right. It was just really important to her to see people um, enjoying themselves in recovery. And I, I personally don't believe Anne is gone. Um, you know, she's going to live on obviously with her legacy and, and the Bruce Oak recovery center. And, but, uh, you know, her and Bruce are in this building, um, and, and, uh, and they're, they're still doing the work. So, um, we're, we're privileged to, to continue to work alongside them. Absolutely. And, and I think the, the, the staff at Bruce Oak, uh, they really get the, the mission and the, uh, the work, uh, because you mentioned 95% of staff are, are in recovery themselves. And so talk to me about the importance of, 
of community and how can the community be a part of this movement of recovery? Yeah, so we're, we're actively looking for volunteers. Um, we're really looking forward to having a friends and family event upcoming, a date to, to be determined. Um, we did have quite a, a few members from community uh, in, in for our grand opening. So our goal is to really be showcasing people in recovery, uh, and, and that might mean men who are in treatment, as well as staff who have lived experience, and to just provide that sort of contact-based education um, to anybody that's curious about, you know, what is a person in recovery like, and what's it like to you know, be in recovery and also work in recovery. Like dispelling, um, dispelling some of those myths that are out there, right? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, we get some phone calls at times about, you know, are there criminals work or at Bruce Oak Recovery Center? And um, is, the, are, is it locked? And, uh, and I totally understand those concerns. But, uh, you know, basically conveying that this is a really safe place. And uh, our hope is, um, you know, we've got uh, quite a few community members who are really excited to get into the gym. That's one of the things that we're going to be uh, uh, working with community on is having that shared space in the gym, um, you know, where pickleball, badminton, floor hockey and stuff like that. We actually had the pickleball association in the other day and the guys were just amazed <laughs> um, with the space. And so we'd love to be able to have, you know, in the future, uh, you know, events where maybe we're like playing together, uh, staff, participants and community. And um, I, I, to me, that just like brightens me up thinking about the fact that we're, we're all learning about each other too simultaneously through this, uh, through this process at Bruce Oak Recovery Center. And uh, we've had some really good feedback from, uh, from community too. folks who were pretty skeptical have come in and said, Hey, we're really glad we got to come in and see the space and we're glad you're here. And, um, and I think that's, that's one of the, the joys of the work is knowing that, you know, on a macro level, we're sort of reducing stigma um, within community and, um, and hopefully that'll continue to change. There seems to be this intentionality at Bruce Oak to really be good neighbors and to really engage in a conversation. And it's in a, a conversation, a dialogue is, is both ways. And, and so I, I really appreciate seeing and hearing the, the incredible response uh, of community. You mentioned just briefly before the impact of COVID and we know all the stats uh, really indicate a real uh, increase in obviously uh, addiction, uh, people uh, dying of, of opiate uh, overdose, uh, the, the idea of greater isolation. And, and wondering, you know, how are, how are you responding to the greater need that is out there? I imagine people have been phoning and, and coming in and saying, hey, you know, I, I want to I I be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Just wondering if you can help our listeners understand mm -hmm. the gravity of how COVID has impacted uh, addiction and recovery. Yeah, it's just been insane. Um, we, um, one of the things we're doing, cause our wait list is substantial, you know, we've got 50 beds and guys are here for, for a significant amount of time. So sometimes people are on the wait list and waiting. And, um, so we're really doing some like kind of pre-treatment resource building with folks on the phone. 
um, referring to mutual aid fellowships within community. We may even link someone to like a known recovery mentor in the community. Um, most of our staff are deeply connected to fellowships within community. And so we can sort of navigate that uh, with someone on the phone. We're referring people to other organizations to attempt to even maybe explore treatment before coming here. Um, and, and, you know, I think COVID has for sure uh, derailed the in-person 12-step um, and mutual aid fellowships. So a lot of people are going online and doing Zooms and the feedback I'm getting is that Zoom is definitely uh, helpful, but people aren't feeling that same sort of connection um, that they might get being in someone else's physical presence. And so um, and that nervous system to nervous system, it, yeah. you just can't really do that over Zoom. And then just even the fatigue, you yes. know, that comes with looking at a screen over and looking at ourselves, you know, it's kind of like, gosh, I have more wrinkles going on, more gray <laughs> yeah. hair. I'm, you know, I have some balding yeah. going on. Yeah. But it, but it is this, this uh, again, it goes back to connectedness, right? Yeah. Is, is guys want this connection. And it seems like men are seeking out that connection. So yeah. they're, they're active in their recovery. And it's, again, I often hear in a recovery that it's, uh, it's progress, not perfection, yeah. right? And, you know, even helping ourselves as service providers to know that, hey, we're on this journey of helping people discover all these unknowns in their own lives, but also ourselves as we figure out programming and as we figure out how to coordinate all those things. And, and so uh, I just love the fact that there's lots of learning happening as well as unlearning. There's lots of celebration happening. But there's also opportunities to acknowledge the loss and the grief of disconnection with maybe a family member or a child um, or people that you've, you know, used with. And that separation of, you know, just how difficult that can be sometimes. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? That is, I was just talking to a guy earlier today about that same issue is there's a often tug and pull happening. You know, people have developed these relationships with folks in community who like, you know, those are deeply um, interconnected relationships and they may be using together or it could be an unhealthy relationship with a partner and the person doesn't support their recovery. And so often there is a part of a person that is, deeply wanting to make a shift, but tethered to a person or a multitude of people who aren't supportive of that shift. And that's really like, that's really scary. And so we really validate um, the courage it takes to even sit there in that emotion to try and make that decision. Um, and, and we are here to support, we don't make decisions. And, you know, I was just sitting with a guy who decided it wasn't the right time for him to be there. And, um, I can't begin to explain how hard it was for him to make that decision after spending a couple months calling in every day. And, um, and, and we ended on, um, you know, uh, with a plan to, to have him try and come back and reconnect, but also knowing that that might not happen based on the circumstances. So that is like you touched on Stephen. I think the nature of the, the work in, in recovery is there's this, you know, moving forward in hope, but also experiencing loss. Like, uh, I, I remember, I, I don't have a single person that I'm connected to that uh, I was connected to um, when I was using that I'm like, you know, I spend a significant amount of time with anymore. And 
I actually spent a f- the first probably year of my recovery in some form of program or institution. So it was kind of helpful <laughs> in that sense. It was like, listen, we're going to separate you from those people without your permission. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I had to deal with that. I didn't have a choice. But here we're in community and I've, I've worked in inpatient treatment and it's typically been rural or isolated. So that separation is, you know, geographical. So they know I, I'm not going to see that person while I'm here. And so I think we are exposing people here to more real life scenarios around making choices around relationships and who supports their recovery. But it does make it more difficult because that person, place or thing um, that might not be very supportive is, is not far away. Um, but um, I do think we need to work through some of that stuff um, early on because uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Sure. Thanks for reminding us and our listeners just about uh, grief and loss with addiction recovery. I think that's something so present in a lot of people who are in their recovery journeys minds is what could I have been? Who could I have been if this didn't happen? Families are thinking about it too. So it's so important to have the families involved. And yeah, thanks for that. And I was just wondering if you could help our listeners understand uh, what the relationship between CMHA Manitoba and Winnipeg and Bruce Oak Recovery Center looks like yeah so uh cmha uh, they birthed bruce oak recovery center we were uh we were kind of like their kids um um so when i started we were actually working out of the basement uh, at their location on portage avenue um we were using your computers and your desks i think we were in the blueberry room um so we haven't forgot the blueberry room um, and we were supported by CMHA staff, you know, a lot of uh, us when we were starting, you know, we didn't have like this space, we didn't know even where we were working yet, and, and what it would look like. And we started taking our first phone calls on the wait list uh, in the CMHA basement. Uh, you know, they were graciously um, allowing us to eat in their lunchroom. And, you know, we were navigating all of this during a pandemic, pandemic. And, um, and Marion, um, you know, her, her leadership and um, her expertise uh, helped Greg and myself sort of get our bearings um, within this work. And, and I, I was definitely stepping into a leadership role for the first time. And, um, and it was a bit bewildering at first. And so, you know, through relationships at CMHA, Stephen, um, you know, we, uh, we were supported in, um, you know, building this program, uh, essentially without a space yet. So, um, and we're also, um, you know, the CMHA is, um, we're connecting on a, a jobs program and, um, you know, we're referring to recovery college. And um, I think, uh, you know, we're just su- supporting the continuum of care and recovery, right? Uh, a lot of times someone, you know, might start to get a hold and manage their substance use disorder and they've need, they need mental health support right? Long-term. And um, so we're really looking forward uh, to, to bridging folks over to CMHA. And um, so we're, we're supporting recovery, the all facets of recovery in Manitoba. So it's, it's an exciting partnership and um, um, I'm excited about it. You know, Kyle, with all your experience, uh, you know, not only in recovery, in active recovery, but as a clinician, as a social worker, What's the next five years look like for you? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I'm hoping I'll still be at Bruce Oak Recovery Center. I, I love this job. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I see myself being here. I'm uh, just kind of chipping away at my master's of social work right now. 
Um, so next three, four years, hopefully uh, complete a master's through the University of Manitoba. And yeah, I'm just uh, bought a house with my partner and uh, I just want to enjoy life. And um, I, I'm still really involved yeah. in the recovery community in Winnipeg. So I'm not probably not a lot is going to change uh, with with unless uh, outside forces dictate that. But uh, I'm uh, yeah, I just want to continue to support recovery in, in Winnipeg and Manitoba and, and continue to advocate for folks who um, who are suffering and, and wanting recovery and well-being from substance use disorder. And we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm open to any sort of possibility. And the universe is just a strange kind of place to be and exist. And um, so a, a lot of this won't be my plan anyway. So I just kind of go with the flow and, uh, hopefully I'm still here. And if, if there's another plan for me, then, uh, we'll see where that takes me, but yeah. Kyle, thanks so much for, uh, joining James and I, and, uh, and for our listeners, you know, in our description, we're going to be posting some information, not only on Bruce Oak recovery center, but how to engage in this recovery process. Uh, what's the first steps? Uh, and, and again, you know, just those, those pieces on recovery and the recovery college or learning center and all the things that are attached uh, with CMHA and with Bruce Oak. And we, we just can't thank you enough. Uh, happy recovery month. You know, it's hard to believe that we're in the middle of September and, and yet uh, there's so much to be thankful for. Uh, James, any final words with you? I feel so sorry for the loss of Anne and just how much, you're going to be carrying the spirit forward and I reflected too, as you're sharing what steps are next, that sometimes, you know, going with the, going with the flow and just accepting what comes. I think that's so much part of recovery too, is being empowered, but then finding your place and, and working within what you have. It's, I've learned a lot from you today and I know the listeners will too. So thank you for all the work you do. Oh, thanks, James. And thanks, Stephen, for uh, having me on. It was an absolute pleasure and um, looking forward to connecting again and talking about recovery and happy recovery month. Um, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful to, uh, to just walk this walk and to participate in this work and to connect with folks like you. Um, so, awesome. Thank you so much, Kyle, from Bruce Oak Recovery Center for sharing your perspectives, your lived experience, your journey. It's so inspiring to myself and others. And this is definitely a podcast to remember. We've been so thankful to have you work along in partnership with us and just your humbleness. It's just been so great. So thank you so much for being with us today. Listeners, be sure to like, subscribe and Share this with your friends, family, someone who might need to hear some messages of hope. I think this can be really powerful and transformational. Thank you.